and all the souls that will come through qiyamah every single person that will be born every single soul was brought forth from the back of adam alayhi salatu wasalam and all in the form of small little ants tiny ants and in that place and time allah taala had already manifested himself and allah taala asks the question alastu bi rabbikum that am i not your rabb and all the souls all the arwah in that alam arwah in that realm where all the souls were all in unison replied qalu bala indeed you are our rabb so already from that point in time this journey has started and this is one phase of this journey when a person finishes off with this phase of dunya then there's still several phases to go there is the phase of barzakh the time in the qabr and then there's the day of qiyamah and then there's the inshallah for every mu'min is the everlasting abode of jannah so this journey is ongoing and in this phase of the journey that we are in in order to safely get to where we need to get to there are many things to bear in mind when a person wants to reach somewhere first thing is he needs to know what is his destination where he wants to get to so he must know the destination and together with the destination he must have knowledge of the road sometimes a person doesn't know where he is headed to so it's like a person on the gps he is punching in all blanks so now where he'll finish off he doesn't know where he's going to many a person in dunya doesn't know where he's headed to somebody has made the destination just dunya itself whereas dunya cannot be the destination because a time will come when he'll have to leave dunya and dunya will stay away somewhere else so dunya cannot be his destination but many a person has not realized that this cannot be the destination but he has made it his destination somebody wants to go to madina sharif but he is headed in the direction of maybe america and london so where is going to finish off he is not going to finish off in madina sharif he finish off somewhere else so one is that he needs to know where he is headed to and together with that sometimes a person knows where he wants to get to but he doesn't have the knowledge of the road a person knows that he wants to go from here to durban but now he's taking the wrong road he's heading in the north coast he's going towards tanger so now he knows where he wants to go to but he'll keep driving and he'll keep taking turns at different places 
but there's no way that he's going to reach where he wants to get to. So firstly, we need to know our destination. Our destination is akhirat, our destination is Allah Ta'ala. The eternal pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So that is our destination. And together with that, we need to have the knowledge of the road. The knowledge of the road Allah Ta'ala has made, the means available to us to acquire the knowledge of the road. Allah Ta'ala granted us the ta'alimat and the knowledge via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the knowledge of the Quran Sharif, the knowledge of the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and this has been preserved by the ulama, the fuqaha, the mujtahideen, the muhaddisin, mufassirin, and all the great personalities of the ummah, and they have preserved it and passed it on. So this knowledge is available. But if a person does not choose the right knowledge, then he'll finish off in the wrong way. And together with the knowledge, sometimes a person knows where he's headed to. He knows what is his destination, where he needs to get to. And he even knows the road of how to get there. That a person, for example, wants to get to the masjid, so he knows that way he wants to get to. And what is the road to get to the masjid that he's also familiar with. But he just can't get himself to go to the masjid. So together with the knowledge of what is his destination and the knowledge of the road to the destination, he also has to have love for the destination. If there isn't love for the destination, then many a times he'll sit and leave it. He knows where he's supposed to get to, he knows how to get there, but he just doesn't have the drive. That enthusiasm is missing. He just cannot pick himself up to move in that direction. So together with these things, what is essential is love for the destination. Love for his manzil and maqsood, where he wants to get to. And that element of love is the driver. If that ingredient is missing, it's very difficult. Everything then is a burden. And if that ingredient is present, then the biggest task becomes pleasurable and enjoyable. The greatest sacrifice becomes something that he looks forward to. The lives of the Sahaba Ikram, this is ample testimony for us that they had, the, they knew where they headed to, they knew the knowledge of the destination, and Allah Ta'ala blessed them with that love of that destination. They knew the knowledge of the road of how to get there. And they had the true love how to, of the destination. So as a result, no sacrifice was too big for them. Everything was something that they could undertake. All the various incidents of the Sahaba Ikram, it's a time of the khandaq, battle of the trench. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives them this task. Ten people have to dig this trench has got a section of 10 spans long and it is several meters wide and quite deep or 10 hand spans deep and 10 people have to dig this and in what conditions severe cold biting cold and such hunger that they are tying stones to their bellies 
Now can we imagine a person sometimes didn't have supper for example, then Fajr time he feels he's too weak to wake up for Fajr Salah. And that too he just missed the supper, but the, by chance he missed the supper, but he had late lunch already. So it was almost already supper. But now because he missed his supper in the manner that he normally has it, so now Fajr Salah became a very difficult thing for him. And if he didn't wake up for Fajr Salah, then subhanallah, what a great thing that as if now Allah Ta'ala must now give him some kind of pat on the back that mashallah you did wonders the sahaba kiram in this condition in this bitter cold and hunger to that extent that to stem the pains and the pangs of hunger they are tying stones to their bellies and Nabi Islam is tying stones to his belly and now not just to be in the comfort of some place and make ibadat but this ibadat that now to dig this trench now to dig this trench was no easy task but in a very short span of time they dug this huge trench what was it that made them do it? that this is the love that drove them Nabi Islam comes out and he sees the sahaba, the muhajireen and ansar they are busy in this task of digging the trench and to encourage them further, Nabi Islam says, Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah, faghfiril ansara wal muhajira. Ya Allah, there is no life but the life of the akhirat. The real life is the life of the akhirat. Dunya, dunya is a place of struggle. There's some struggles here. There's challenges. There's some hardship. There are some difficulties. There's some trenches to be dug sometimes. There are all kinds of situations that come about. Dunya is dunya. And if a person is trying to make dunya into jannat, then he is in a deception. Dunya cannot become jannat. Yes, Allah Ta'ala will grant peace, sukoon. Allah Ta'ala will grant the heart, the tranquility, which cannot be imagined even in generally in dunya. To the person who has attached his heart to those things that take to jannat. When a person gets himself attached to righteous amal, then righteous amal lead to jannat. And as a result, he starts enjoying the pleasure of jannat in his heart in dunya. And a person who starts committing haram, sin, getting himself involved in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, all these are things that take towards jannam. As a result, he already starts feeling the torment of jannam in his heart. Though outwardly he might be apparently in the lap of luxury. But he starts feeling the torment of jannam in his heart already, before Jahannam comes. As a result, he is totally in a state of turmoil. So, the point here was that when a person has this love, now the Sahaba Ikram, Nabi Islam sees them and he says, Allahumma la aisha illa aisha al-akhira, faghfir al-ansara wal-muhajira. Allah, the real life is a life of the akhirat, is a life of jannat. Allah, forgive the muhajirin and ansar. They are undertaking this difficulties, these hardships for your love. For your pleasure. So what is their response? When they hear this from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, their spontaneous response is, نَحْنُ الَّذِينَ بَايَعُوا مُحَمَّدًا عَلَى الْجِهَادِ مَا بَقِينَا أَبَدًا That we have pledged ourselves to the hands of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That we will continue the struggle for the sake of Allah Taala as long as we have life left. The last breath, we will not stop the struggle for the sake of Allah Taala. 
the struggle against nafs, the struggle against everything that comes between us and the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So, now what took them to this? This was love. The driver is love. And this is what all the Ahlullah, this is what they thought. This is the common factor. His whole tasawwuf was this lesson of love. And in his various couplets, this was filled with this ishq and muhabbat. In one couplet, he gives the same lesson to us. That mushku jine ka sahara chahiye. It's a dua, begging Allah Ta'ala. And in order to gain this love of Allah Ta'ala, this dua is extremely necessary. This is something in terms of how to acquire this love. Now we are speaking about that this is the special ingredient. The thing that takes a person forward is his love. This journey will get accomplished with love. Where does this love come from? So among the various things, one is this aspect of dua. So this, this is established from the ahadith. Nabi Islam made dua. He taught us dua. Dua to acquire the love of Allah Ta'ala. Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Ya Allah, bless me with your muhabbat. Now who's asking? Nabi Islam, who is the greatest of all the ushak, all the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, nobody can come anywhere close to the love of Nabi Islam that he had for Allah Ta'ala. He's making dua. Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Ya Allah, you grant me your muhabbat, grant me your love. We ask for many things. Allah forbid, Allah forbid. Some people even ask for haram love. This might sound very, very strange, but this is the effect of the things that we expose ourselves to and the kind of things that we get ourselves involved in. One youngster, I'd have been about 19, 20 years old, person who, mashallah, he's his intentions, alam. but in any case, a person who had his heart, there was some conscience in it. So first he started talking about, I want to change my life, and I want to, various things. And then, in that process, he's asking, must make one dua for me. What dua must make for you? He says, well, you see, now it's past almost two, three weeks now. My girlfriend is very upset with me. So make dua that this relationship comes right again. Now this haram relationship has been disrupted. Now he wants somebody to make dua that this haram relationship comes back on track. Now this is how far Allah forbid that we get. When a person gets caught up in haram, first is that the severity of it slowly starts diminishing from his heart. When a person has been far away from something and he wasn't involved in it, and he hears about somebody got caught up in something like that, that too shakes his heart. That too makes him feel very, very uneasy. And then he keeps hearing every other day, this happened here, that happened there, and this person did this, and that person did that. And that is one of the reasons that why we should not involve ourselves in listening to too much of news also. Because everybody can't digest it. Especially news of what happened here, and they all idle news. We should not even be discussing what happened. The sins of people, even on a general note, is not for everybody. For somebody who has that strength to be able to protect himself from the effects of that discussion. And for the sake of Ibarat, something is perhaps we mentioned. 
That's a different thing. But just in idle conversation, person is going through all the things, this person did this, that person did that, though he might not be taking anybody's names. This too has an effect on the heart. And slowly sometimes, shaitan uses this discussion to start bringing or softening that hatred of that evil in the heart. So at one time it was something that really brought about a feeling of disgust when a person just heard something about it. Now slowly that disgust starts dying off. And then Allah forbid, he starts getting closer to it. Let alone in terms of haram, this is even in terms of those things that a person should constantly be punctually performing. Now for example, a person mashallah is performing his salah regularly, he's performing with jamaat, so everything is carrying on. But now one day he missed his salah with jamaat, he missed his fajr. Now for months he never missed it, and one day he missed it. Now when he missed it, he feels very very uneasy the whole day. Inna lillahi what happened now? How did I miss my fajr? So now there's a real, he's going about his day, but it's like a huge, like a weight on him. How did this happen? So any case now that day passed like that. After two, three days he missed it again. So now when he missed it again, that same feeling he had on the first day, he's getting some part of it, maybe half of it today. And after another one week he missed it again due to some neglect. One is something beyond a person's control. But now due to neglect, I missed it for the third time. And now the interval is getting short as well. So now some little bit of feeling of uneasiness for an hour, half an hour and then finish. Over. Allah forbid slowly that whole feeling of uneasiness goes away. He must say salah with jamaah, it doesn't matter to him. See, well at least I made it. He starts giving himself some kind of Consolation that well I'm better off than others. How many people made their whole salah qaza? Mashallah I made it still. And Allah forbid that opens the door to the salah becoming qaza then one day. Now when it became qaza the first time, now that first uneasiness on losing jamaat came now today again on the missing of salah of, of making the salah qaza. But after two three days again that it became qaza, now half the feeling. Another time again. That feeling also died. And now that salah becomes qaza upon qaza, and like nothing happened. So it apparently, just suddenly nothing happened, but it didn't suddenly nothing happen, it started off from that time. That when a person something happened, and he didn't take any steps to really make amends. Abu Talha that bird fluttered in the garden, and due to which while he was in salah, he got distracted, he said, no, no, this can't. But I said, what bird fluttered in the garden, it just distracted his concentration for a little while. He didn't break his namaz. For a short while, it just took his concentration away. He said, no, this whole garden, I must give it away in sadaqah. Can we imagine him ever now forgetting or losing concentration in his salah? So we are talking about this dua. That when a person, Nabi Islam has taught us, make dua for this muhabbat. Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Allah grant me your muhabbat. And the love of those who love you. And Allah grant me the love of those amal, those actions that bring one to you. But now in this is a very very subtle aspect. That, I used to explain this, that on the one side, 
Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Ya Allah, bless me with your love. And at the end, is what will really convey a person and take him to the love of Allah Ta'ala. He wants this. What will take him? This is the destination and that is the road. Ya Allah, grant me the love of those actions that will take me to your to you. So that is the road. But in between there's something else also asked also. Allah grant me the love of those who love you. Now what is the purpose of this in the middle of these two things? This is the destination, this is the road. Why this in the middle? Because in order to traverse the road and get to the destination, a person needs a driver. He needs a guide. He needs somebody who will show him the road. And this is the aspect of the Ahlullah. That the love of Allah Ta'ala, this is the system Allah Ta'ala has placed. That will come via the people who love Allah Ta'ala. So Nabi Islam made dua, he taught us this lesson in this. That look, keep asking Allah Ta'ala for his muhabbat. Now if we think about it during the course of the day, sometimes the course of the whole week, and Allah forbid sometimes months might go by, how many times have we asked Allah Ta'ala, begged him, made dua for his love? Begged Allah Ta'ala for his muhabbat. Allahumma al hubbaka ahabba ilayya min nafsi wa ahli wa min al-ma'il barid Subhanallah The dua of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Allah you make your love ahabba ilayya min nafsi More beloved to me than myself More beloved to me than my family Ya Allah you make your love more beloved to me than cold water meaning cold water when a person is extremely thirsty cold water on a hot day after extreme thirst and somebody presents a person with cold water on a hot day sometimes we've seen this kind of scene where when it's a very hot day and occasion of hajj and so on and now there was no water around and now somebody came with some sachets of water and it's cold you can see from the distance and it's obvious that whatever is coming won't even suffice for quarter of the people. Then you see people forgetting the Hajj also. You see people forgetting where they are. Fighting over that sachet of water. Then you realize what is the meaning of this Hadith Sharif. That a person forgets his Hajj also Allah forbid. Obviously that's not supposed to happen in that manner. A person forgets his Ihram. A person forgets everything. Just in order to get hold of that one sachet of water. That is that love he has for that water in that moment. The Beast is saying, Ya Allah, make your love more beloved to me than that water. If the love of Allah is more beloved, he won't forget his Hajj. He doesn't matter, he'll sacrifice the water, but he won't forget his Hajj. So, this is again dua. Dua begging Allah Ta'ala for his muhabbat. So we're discussing this couplet of Hazrat Wala where he says, Muchku jine ka sahara chahiye. Ya Allah, I need a support for life. I can't cross this journey of life without support. And what is the support? Gham tumhara, dil hamara chahiye. Ya Allah, I need your love in my heart. My heart and your love. When your love is in my heart, then I'll have the support to traverse. Then to go through this journey is very easy. And if that is missing, then it's very difficult. 
So the whole thing comes down and boils down to this very very essential ingredient which is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And when the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala comes, then a person's salah will be his salah, his zakat will be zakat, his hajj will be hajj, and his fasting will be fasting, and his business also will become deen. His mu'asharat and his social life also will be according to the way of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because everything, he doesn't want anything to disrupt this love. Nothing must come between him and Allah Ta'ala. Nothing must become an obstacle between him and this love of Allah Ta'ala. Nothing must disrupt it. And then if something doesn't seem to have gone right, Allah forbid how that youngster came, asking that please make dua that you know, this, this relationship comes right, whereas it's a haram relationship. Now this is the effect, we are discussing this point, that how this comes about. We digress from this, in any case this came back, that a person now is actually asking for dua for something haram. How does this come to this stage? Number one, the same thing, that exposing oneself to these evils all the time. So now slowly that nafrat, that disgust for the evil goes, then a person becomes accustomed to it, and then it suddenly becomes like the norm. It becomes like the norm, it becomes like standard. It's something that, what's different about it? What's unusual about it? And then, the person starts thinking, first he starts thinking of the wrong as normal, in inverted commas. And then Allah forbid, even the wrong starts becoming something like good to him. كَيْفَ بِكُمْ إِذَا رَأَيْتُمُ الْمَعْرُوفَ مُنْكَرَ وَالْمُنْكَرَ مَعْرُوفَ Nabi Islam asked the Sahaba, that what will be your condition, meaning the Ummad? What will become the condition of the Ummad when that time comes? إِذَا رَأَيْتُمُ الْمَعْرُوفَ مُنْكَرَ وَالْمُنْكَرَ مَعْرُوفَ When you start regarding the good as something out of place, wrong. A person wants to do the right thing and everybody will start looking at him as something strange. He wants to maintain the aspect of parda in whether it is a function, a wedding or some family function or within the home and everybody will be looking at him, what is wrong with this fellow? What is he up to? So what is right will start getting looked at as if something is wrong with this fellow. He doesn't know what he's up to. And wal munkara ma'rufa and the evil will be started regarded as good. Now somebody else comes and tears the parda down. Say, now this person is the right person. What he is doing, he is doing the right thing. So the whole system will get turned upside down. So when this happens, this is the end result. That now a person will even start, Nauzubillah, making dua for haram. One is that person was committing haram, but with that conscience that, Nauzubillah, astaghfirullah, what am I doing? This is terrible. He's feeling that remorse, some regret, pain. Inshallah, that is still hope there that the door of Tawbah is open for him, he'll come quickly. Because that regret is there, that remorse is there. Now he's actually making dua for haram. So where will this finish off? So, the issue again comes to the aspect of developing this love of Allah Ta'ala. And this love of Allah Ta'ala comes, as in this Hadith Sharif, this dua of Nabi Wasallam. Together with that, that being in the company of the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, associating with them, learning from them, reading about the life of the Ahlullah. Whatever becomes linked to Allah Ta'ala, that starts taking that 
extra respect and honor, it starts getting that special attention, it becomes something sacred. For example, we say, Baytullah, house of Allah Ta'ala. Now that Bayt is house, but we became Baytullah, got linked to Allah Ta'ala. So now it became something sanctified. And likewise, we say, Kitabullah, the book of Allah Ta'ala. Kitab is kitab, it's a book, but book of Allah Ta'ala. Now it's something else. Now it gets a very high position. Something to be honored very greatly. So likewise, we link ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. And we become awliya Allah. Then when a person becomes the wali of Allah Ta'ala, now in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, just as the book of Allah Ta'ala is sanctified, and that requires izzat and adab. And the house of Allah Ta'ala, there's so many adab, so many etiquettes. إِنَّمَا يَعْمُرُ مَسَادِدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرُ أَقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ وَآتَ الزَّكَاةِ وَلَمْ يَخْشَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah Ta'ala says, those are the people who inhabit the masjids, who have all these beautiful qualities, because a masjid is that kind of a place. And the masjid is fi buyutin أَذِنَ اللَّهُ أَن تُرْفَعَ وَيُذْكَرَ فِي هَسْمُ in any case, all these ayat which give the greatness of the masjid. So the masjid became a place of honor. Why? Because it was linked now, it became Baytullah. It became the house of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Rahmatullah used to give the example that those parts of the Haram Sharif, which at one time were outside. There were hotels there, there were houses there. And obviously if there were houses there, there were all the facilities and amenities of a house. Some portion of that house was even a toilet. So while it was a toilet, it was a toilet, it was a dirty place. A person, if he Billah took the name of Allah Ta'ala there, this was a severe disrespect to the name of Allah Ta'ala. And a major sin. But now when that got demolished, and that piece of ground said, I'm no more associating with this piece of this house, I'm now attaching myself to Baytullah. And the niyat became that all this is now part of Haram now. And it got expanded into that section. Now on that same spot the person performs his salah, the salah is multiplied hundred thousand times. So first it was attached elsewhere, it was attached to the place of filth. So there to even take the name of Allah Ta'ala was a terrible disrespect. It was a major disrespect. It was a very big sin. And now when it attached itself to the Baytullah, so now it became so honored. So likewise, when the ummah will remain attached to all the filth of dunya, when the Muslims will start keeping attached themselves to all the kinds of things that are filled with filth, the filth of the phones, the filth of the devices, the filth of all the whatever comes down the tubes, whatever tubes it might be, YouTube's or whatever, and all the other filth and sin and vice and the places of haram, then this is the end result. That they fall from the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And then the only thing that is left is fulfilled. Like the toilet attached, the ground attached itself to the toilet, that became the place of filth. But when this ummah will attach itself again to Allah Ta'ala, when this mu'min will attach itself again to Allah Ta'ala and become waliullah, then just as Baytullah became honored, and Kitabullah became honored, then waliullah is also honored. And then 
The more a person sacrifices for somebody or something, the more the love and muhabbat of that comes. He sacrifices for his business, morning, evening, day, night, hot, cold, whatever it is, but that must open on time. And whatever is the demands of that business must get fulfilled. So in time that business becomes so beloved to him, that come what may, but that business mustn't stop. It can be anything, it can be Eid or anything, but that business must carry on. Why? Because that's a muhabbat. And any sacrifice that that business demands, I'm ready to provide it. So sometimes I'll have to be away from my family, sometimes I'll have to skip a meal, sometimes I'll have to work overtime, sometimes I'll have to do anything. But whatever the demands of that is, that love that has come in the heart will dictate, that will now drive a person. So likewise, when this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala has settled in the heart, now that drives a person. It's time for salah, that muhabbat is driving him. So when he will sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala, sacrifice, sacrifice his wealth, sacrifice his time, sacrifice his time in going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, in going out to learn deen, in going out to spend time in the company of the pious, in going out and spending some time to acquire the correct manner of recitation reciting the Quran Sharif, in how to conduct himself in day-to-day life to get the correct knowledge. So now he's giving time. He's spending in the causes of deen. And he's sacrificing the demands of his nafs for Allah Ta'ala. The temptations that come, he is trampling it. Now the more he keeps doing this, the more the love of Allah Ta'ala intensifies. And then this love drives him. And then the biggest sacrifice becomes very easy for him. So this is what is the thing that we have to focus on. That Alhamdulillah, the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us to know where we should be heading. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with the basic knowledge of this road also. But now the thing to acquire and to develop and to build is this aspect of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And that comes from these avenues. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. These are very mubarak days that we are in already. These days of Hajj. These are Zulqada, Zulhijjah and Muharram. These are all sacred months. إِنَّ عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ اثْنَا عَشَرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ Allah Ta'ala says there are four sacred months in the year. And the four sacred months, Zulqada, Zulhijjah, Muharram and Rajab. So in the sacred months, the rewards of A'mal are also multiplied. And the effects of those A'mal are also greater. So the good deeds a person does, there's greater effect from it. And Allah forbid evil deeds have a greater negative impact also. Because it is greater disregard for these great bounties and gifts of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that together with all these amal, the amal that bring this muhabbat, the zikr of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, the gatherings of deen, and all the various other amal, we involve ourselves in it as much as we can, and the more the, as more as, that we can increase it as much as we can, and also to spread the message of the love of Allah Ta'ala. In this way also, 
Allah Ta'ala will bless us with His muhabbat and make us among the special servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. After
الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وكنا من أحدي ولولانا دعنا الله لقد جاءت رسول ربنا بالحق اللهم صل على محمد النبي الذي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم إنا نسرك موجبات رحمتك وعسائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إذن لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا دينا إلا قضيته ولا مرزا إلا شفيته ولا حاجة يا لترزا إلا قضيته لنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أقلنا ولوالدينا ولأستاذنا ولشيخنا ولمشايخنا ولحبابنا ولأزواجنا ولذريتنا ولمن نقر علينا ولجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات المسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوة اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعا وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابا اللهم بعد بيننا وبين خطايانا كما بعدت بين المسجد والمظلم اللهم ارحمنا بترك المعاصي ولا تشغلنا بمعاصيتي أي الله مرد مهمتنا وكم أكرم أي الله أكرم ومتمسكم أكرم أي الله مريستا كعب النسيب كرم أي الله مجلسك كمول كرم أي الله إسكي أماري تمام خطو دماغ كرم أكر أي الله خزروك ماغ كرم أكر إسكي زهار سواب أقين أندر صلى الله عليه وسلم سنكر تمام أنبياء عليه السلام أهل بعيد صحابة إكرام تابي تبين أمي مجدعين إن شاء الله يومت محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أهل خصوصا هماري شايخ وكير ومشهد سلاسل بسلاسل كي تمام بذرقون كي روح ورسواب أسأل فرماني أهل همي أسكن أكثر كتب برشمني كي توفيق تا فرماني اللہ تمام گناہ کو معاف فرمائے کر اولیاء صدقی اپنے اولیاء اللہ کی آخری سرحد اولیاء صدقین کے آخری سرحد تک ہمیں پہنچا دیں ہمارے تمام مقاصد احسنہ کو قبول فرمائیے تمام امت مسلمہ کو تمام مقاصد احسنہ کو قبول فرمائیے اللہم انا نسألک من خیر مسائلک منہ نبیک محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ونعوذ بک من شر مستعاد منہ نبیک محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم وأنت المستعان عليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين آمين بخصائص بالتكامل والحمد لله